RTHK, the news with Sean at 11 with Sean Kennedy. Tonight's headlines. The Labor Department initiates 15 prosecutions against three companies over an accident last July during a concert by the popular boy band Mirror. A medical expert advising the government on coronavirus calls for a phased removal of the mask-wearing mandate. The Education Bureau says cross-border school students can attend face-to-face classes here from next month, but not everyone's happy. The Labor Department says it's initiated 15 prosecutions against three companies over an accident during a concert by the popular boy band Mirror last July. A giant video screen fell on stage at the Hong Kong Coliseum during a performance, injuring two dancers. In a statement, the department said that amongst other failings, the companies hadn't provided safe systems of work for their employees. The case will be heard at Kowloon City Court on March the 27th. The government has reminded the public that they're not required to report coronavirus infections from Monday when the mandatory five-day isolation period will be scrapped. In a statement, the government said isolation orders will no longer be issued to those infected. The Centre for Health Protection won't issue daily updates on the number of people testing positive for coronavirus through PCR tests as well as COVID-related deaths, but it will publish them on its website. The CHP advises that people are infected with COVID to observe personal hygiene and rest at home if they have symptoms, but those who are asymptomatic can go out or go to work. Earlier, health officials reported 2,335 new COVID infections, including 45 imported cases. Another 22 patients with coronavirus have died. A medical expert advising the government on its COVID strategy, Professor Lau Yu Long, says the mask-wearing mandate could be removed in phases from next month. He told an RTHK programme the authorities should start relaxing the rule at places with a lower risk of infection. We can start with people outdoors where there's no big gathering, but keep it for large-scale events like concerts with 10,000 participants. That's two steps. For indoor places, of course it has to be maintained for the time being at high-risk places like hospitals, clinics or elderly care homes. The Education Bureau says cross-border secondary school students will be allowed to attend face-to-face classes here from the second week of February, while primary and kindergarten cross-border pupils can return to Hong Kong in late February. That's later than the Bureau's original estimate of February 1st. It said it updated its timetable after considering factors such as transportation and customs clearance arrangements. Aris Liu from the International Social Service Hong Kong branch said the postponement would disrupt the plans of many cross-border families. For this news, uh, it's a bit disappointed that because uh, the schedule is delayed and we have a lot of uncertainty, just like the checkpoint and the transportation and the test uh, requirements. All of them are not certain. So for the students and the parents, they are having many thousands cannot make concrete plans. Customs officials have urged Hong Kongers travelling overseas not to bring cannabis products back to Hong Kong, even if they're legal in other countries. From next Wednesday, CBD will be listed as a dangerous drug and products containing the substance will be banned. Here's Chen Kai-ho, Divisional Commander of Customs Airport Command Unit. There are a bunch of CBD products overseas, but whenever in doubt, don't buy, don't go for it, because in other places that will be allowed, but in Hong Kong, after the 1st of February, that will be prohibited. And normally they will have the label, little label, this, that describe they have contained CBD outside. If not, they have some symbols. For example, the zigzag leaves, they will be the symbol of hemp. Just take a look of it. If in doubt, you can consult the manufacturer or the vendor. 
Turning overseas, the Philippines government says it intends to appeal against an international criminal court decision to reopen an inquiry into the war on drugs that was waged by the former president, Rodrigo Duterte. Mr Duterte's crackdown left more than 6,000 people dead, according to government data, but activists believe the real number is far higher. And turning to the weather forecast for tonight and tomorrow, it'll become fine, cold in the morning and at night, with a minimum temperature of about 10 degrees in town and slightly lower in the new territories. Very dry during the day with a high of about 16 degrees. And the outlook, fine and dry in the following couple of days, and it'll be still cold in the morning with a minimum temperature of about 10 degrees in town, slightly lower in the new territories. The red fire danger warning, the cold weather warning and the strong monsoon signal are all in effect. Currently it's 12 degrees Celsius. The relative humidity is 32%. You're tuned to RTHK. The time is 5 minutes past 11. Back locally, Labour unionists say the government should spend more money on the local talent base instead of importing workers. The Federation of Hong Kong and Kowloon Labour Union says authorities should prioritise hiring local workers and cites a record low labour participation rate last year as evidence that more can be done to attract people to work in some industries. Lawmaker Lam Chun Singh, also a chairman of the union, proposed a one-year scheme that offers a $5,000 monthly allowance to workers in sectors that are currently struggling to hire, such as logistics, care homes and catering. We hope the government can provide incentive to those industries, for example, uh, wages allowance, to provide some wages allowance to them so that the employer can relieve their financial burden and provide some on-job training and also they can increase their salary to attract more local workers to join the industry. Those incentives uh, the work wages allowance can improve the operation environment of those industry. The union also called on the government to dish out a new round of spending vouchers of no less than $5,000 to stimulate the retail and catering sectors. Turning overseas, the director of the museum at the former Nazi death camp of Auschwitz-Birkenau has used commemorations for Holocaust Remembrance Day to denounce Russia's war in Ukraine. Speaking to an audience that included Holocaust survivors, Peter Savinsky likened the mindset that led to the horrors of the Holocaust and other Nazi crimes to that of the current Russian leadership. Dr. Savinsky warned of the dangers of staying silent and equated some of the place names associated with infamous Nazi crimes with sites of Russian atrocities in Ukraine. The Warsaw district of Wola, Zamoyszczyna, Oradur and Lidice. Now there are different names. Bucha, Irpin, Hostomel, Mariupol, Donetsk. Similar sick megalomania, similar lust for power, and almost same-sounding myths of exceptionalism, of greatness, of primacy, but written in Russian. For the first time, no Russian officials were invited to the Auschwitz commemorations, even though the camp was liberated by Soviet troops. Israeli warplanes have carried out attacks targeting Palestinian militants in Gaza after rockets were fired towards southern Israel. The exchanges come amid rising tensions following yesterday's Israeli raid on Janine. The BBC's Tom Bateman is in Ramallah. Now, the Israelis say they destroyed... Uh rocket production facilities. Witnesses in Gaza saying that this was a 
training facility for Hamas, that there was extensive damage there. And also Hamas saying that its armed wing fired surface-to-air missiles towards the Israeli warplanes. But there's been no further response. It seems that that exchange of fire is over for now. But all of this, of course, comes amid mounting international alarm. We had the UN's envoy saying last night that he was deeply concerned about the chance for a new escalation. Finance and India's main opposition Congress party has demanded a credible investigation into alleged corporate fraud against the giant Adani Group. Earlier shares in one of Asia's biggest conglomerates fell by a further 20% in panic selling. The BBC's Anbarasan Itarajan reports. The value of the shares started sliding after the U.S. investment firm Hindenburg Research came out with a report accusing the Indian conglomerate of high debt levels and use of offshore tax havens. The Adani Group, controlled by Gautam Adani, has dismissed the allegations as malicious. Opposition parties say Mr. Adani is too close to Prime Minister Narendra Modi and he was among those getting favourable policy treatment from his administration. But the billionaire denies this. Hong Kong government figures show that local home prices have fallen by 15.6% in the past year, the steepest decline since 1998, when prices plunged by almost a third. Figures from the Rating and Valuation Department show show it was also the first annual fall since 2008, the year of the global financial crisis. December home prices dropped by 2% from the previous month, falling for the seventh straight month. Peter Churchhouse from Portwood Capital says he expects the reopening of Hong Kong's borders with the mainland to boost transaction volumes and eventually prices. I think also we're going to see interest rates will probably peak out sometime during this year. So my sense is that we're going to see volumes of transactions pick up and we may see in the first half of this year a little more downside on pricing. But my expectation is that the pricing will probably bottom by the end of the first half and we may see a sort of a U-shaped recovery starting from the middle of this year. Tennis and Novak Djokovic has reached a record 10th Australian Open final where he'll take on Greece's Stefanos Tsitsipas. The Serb superstar beat America's Tommy Paul in four sets. There were fears he'd be distracted by a row over his father posing for selfies with supporters of President Putin. His father insists he'd been unwittingly caught up in a pro-Russia demonstration in Melbourne. And it'll be Elena Rabakina versus Irina Sabalenka in the women's singles final tomorrow. Rabakina, who's the 22nd seed from Kazakhstan, says the experience of winning Wimbledon has made her a stronger player. Yeah, super happy to be in the final and ready to give everything I have left. Uh, for me, this time, I would say it was a bit easier also compared to Wimbledon when I was playing for the first time, quarter, semis, final. Everything was new at Wimbledon. Now I more or less understand what to expect. And uh, uh, it's nervous no matter what because it's a final also and semis. You're always nervous before the match. But this time, I think I was focusing more on the on the match, what I have to do, and maybe not to think uh, what's going to come or what's going to happen around and, and so on. Sabalenka, the number five seed from Belarus, says she'll approach her first Grand Slam final the same way she would for any other match. I'm not going to do something extra, you know, like I think um, 
Like that's that's okay to feel a little bit nervous. It's it's a it's a big tournament, it's a big final, and if you're gonna start trying to do something about that, it's gonna become bigger, you know. So I'll just leave it like that. That's that's okay to feel feel nervous and about the match. Um, yeah, she's she's playing great tennis, ser serving well. So I have to be, um, I just have to be there and um, have to, again, work for it and uh, put her under pressure. To English football now, and here's the BBC's John Bennett with a peek at what's in store this weekend. This weekend in English football, it's all about the fourth round of the FA Cup, where there could be more shocks after a thrilling third round earlier this month. Premier League sides Leicester City, Leeds United and Tottenham are all away to lower league opposition. Leicester, who've only won once since the World Cup and are in relegation danger, face Walsall, who are 11th in League Two, the fourth tier of the English game. Meanwhile, Leeds go to Accrington Stanley, who are in the bottom half of League One. And Tottenham meet the championship side Preston at Prenton Park. Preston have never played in the Premier League, but they have an illustrious history, winning the FA Cup twice way back in 1889 and 1938. Elsewhere, after knocking out Nottingham Forest in the last round, Blackpool face another Premier League side, Southampton. Manchester United are up against one of their former players, the now Reading manager Paul Ince. And FA Cup holders Liverpool meet a Brighton side who beat them 3-0 earlier this month. Meanwhile, in tonight's FA Cup fixture, Manchester City welcome Arsenal to Etihad Stadium. City boss Pep Guardiola says the Gunners have been the best team in the Premier League in the first half of the season and his side have something to prove. When the team make 50 points in one leg, it's because have been the best. And uh, yeah, so we have to prove ourselves how how far away or how close we are. Uh, and the best way to notice is perform our best level. Premier League strugglers Everton are reportedly set to hire former Burnley manager Sean Dyke to replace the sacked Frank Lampard. Dyke has emerged as the leading candidate for the Everton job after Marcelo Bielsa reportedly turned down the job. The report suggested that Dyke, who was, suggest, who was sacked by Burnley last April before the club's relegation from the Premier League, could be appointed within 24 hours. Everton are second from the bottom of the Premier League and are battling to avoid relegation for the first time since 1954. To rugby now, and Bernard Laporte has resigned as president of France's Rugby Union Federation after being convicted of corruption. He received a two-year suspended prison sentence in December. A court found he'd shown favouritism in awarding a, a shirt sponsorship contract for the national side to, to Mohamed Altrad, the billionaire owner of top 14 champions Montpellier. And a reminder of our top stories tonight. The Labour Department says it's initiated 15 prosecutions against three companies over an accident last July during a concert by the popular boy band Mirror and a medical expert advising the government calls for a phased removal of the mask-wearing mandate as early as next month. The news from RTHK. RTHK Radio 3 Shades of night are falling It's twilight time Out of the mist your voice is calling Tis twilight time When purple colored curtains Mark the end of day I'll hear you, my dear At twilight time And a very good evening to you Thanks for tuning in to Twilight Time 45 minutes of music just to relax to 
here on Radio 3 with me, Peter King. And if you'd like a song, just send over an email to radiopete at gmail, as Erna did, to get in touch to say my wish for Twilight Time is a song from none other than Don Ho. Together, at last Tiny bubbles and make me happy, make me feel fine. Tiny bubbles make me warm. the silver sea and mostly here's a toast to you and me tiny bubbles tiny bubbles and the wine and the wine make me a happy make me happy make me feel a fine make me feel fine Tiny bubbles, tiny bubbles, make me warm. 